Welcome to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Our mission is to bring healing, transformation, and meaning to the lives of people in different societies with the good news of Jesus Christ. When you allow yourself to grow in a relationship with Him, you start getting filled up. When you are full of the Spirit, eh, you will be restrained and constrained from doing some things that are not of honest report. God's servant delivers the word of truth with clarity, simplicity, and dexterity. So this evening, I'm coming to share something briefly with you about building a strong foundation in the home front. Hallelujah. Is it powerful? Okay, so let's, let's have a word of prayer and then we can take our seat. Our dear Lord and Master Jesus, we thank you. Sweet Holy Spirit, come and take control. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Okay, please have your seat in the presence of God. All right. So the Bible makes us to know that um, we are the light of the world and that we are a city that is set on a hill. The Bible also makes us to know that we are ambassadors of Christ. And when you look at the church, you would notice that the church is made up of um, different family units that constitute the church. So if the family is doing well, automatically the church as a body will also do well. So therefore, when we say the Christian home, what do we mean by the Christian home? The Christian home is not the structure. The Christian home is not the things in the home. In as much as the structure is very good and very important, you know, how many of you would not love to live in a very posh house, you know, with a well-laid... I never liked them. I never liked flowers and garden and all that, but I went to someone's house and it was so nicely laid. And I said, oh, when I grow, I will get some. So it's very important to have a very beautiful house and all that, but that does not constitute a home. What constitutes a home is the atmosphere in the home. The atmosphere in the home. And what is the atmosphere? The atmosphere is the pervading tone or mode of a place. The pervading tone or mode of a place. So you see that some homes, when you go there, you, you feel the atmosphere of love. You feel the atmosphere of freedom. There are some churches when you go, you, you, you see that the, the atmosphere is very tense and the, there's no liberty here. But those of us who are in this church, we know that when you step here, you feel that liberty. You feel that, that, that vibe for you to flow. It's an atmosphere. Hallelujah. So I want you to ask yourself or to think about your home now. What is the atmosphere in your home? Some of you, when you are going home, you are thinking, hey, because the atmosphere there is tense. When you get home, hello, darling, hi. Where did you? mean, did you? Everybody, okay, my food is here. The atmosphere there is not liberated. The atmosphere there is not nice. Whether you go to Germany, you go to Australia, wherever you go, at the end of the day, you come back home. So it's very essential and it's very important for you to create a good atmosphere in the home. Is it powerful? All right. So the Bible says that 
for us to get a good atmosphere in the home, one of the things that we have to do is to have God as the foundation of the home. Christ should be the foundation of the home. When we say Christ is the foundation of the home, what we mean is that Christ should be the underlining basis or principle, the base on which your home rests upon. The principle, the base on which your home rests upon. So if you are a single, um, a single person in your home, what, are the, what informs your actions and your inactions? Is it Christ or is it your emotions or is it the, the, the society? What informs how you go about things is very, very important. The purpose of the foundation is to provide a structure on the surface. And you know what? Sometimes when we are building foundation, I remember when we, are build, we were building our house in Cape Coast. When we were building, and then my husband told me the amount of money that he had invested in the foundation. I was like, what? All this for just sand and stones, there's, there's nothing to show. You know, in as much as the foundation is important, it's not visible. So if you don't take time, you will not build a solid foundation. Is it powerful? And some people, they compromise on their foundation. And then you see that Yehohane, as he said, this structure is broken. Because the foundation was not well laid, was not well and gradually prepared. Is it powerful? Okay, so let's quickly look at the litmus test. What is the litmus test? We are saying that we should build a good foundation. How do I know that I am building a good foundation? Okay, so let's read the book of Luke chapter 6, verses 46 to 49. Luke chapter 6. It says that, why, And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? See, there are some people we come and say, we love God. I'm a child of God. Jesus is my foundation. That you, Lord, I was your foundation. We will not be afraid. And you are singing and you are jumping. And the Bible is saying that you call me Lord, Lord. You call me master. It's like you are giving God some full respect. See why God is saying that. See, let's, it says, whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them. I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, oh, are we done? Okay. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house. And could not shake it. For it was founded upon a rock. So when we are saying that build upon the foundation which is Christ. It means that let the principles or let the sayings of God be your practice. That is when you are building on a solid and a sure foundation. So I am doing this not because of what you are doing. I am doing this because God says I should do it that way. 
Can I flow with you? You know, sometimes in the home fronts, you don't feel like being nice to your husband. Sometimes you don't feel like being nice to your wife at all. But because Christ is the foundation, and Christ says in Ephesians chapter 5 that husbands love your wife as Christ loves the church. You see how sometimes we misbehave? But still God loves us. Still God cares for us. That is how God wants us to to behave. So if in the home front, he is the foundation of our life, I am loving you not because of you. I am loving you because of Christ. His principles become our practice. So what informs the way you act, the way you go about things? You are a single lady, and when a gentleman tells you you are beautiful, you are melting, when a gentleman tells you that, oh, Charlie, just one round, or even your beloved tells you that, oh, please, please, let me, let me just touch you. Holy Ghost touch. One round. Just one round. You do it. And my, my question is, what is informing that thing, that reaction? What is informing that? That you are, you are a husband in the house or you are a wife in the house. For three months, you haven't had sex with your, your, your wife or your husband. I was talking to somebody the other time and I asked the person, no, what is the, the, the flow? What is the sequence? What is the chart of your sex life? And when the person told me, I was very flabbergasted. Because the Bible says that when you are married, your body is not yours. You know, your body belongs to your husband and then it's vice versa. And then can I preach something? Some of the ladies here, sometimes when our husband, and, and it could be vice versa, sometimes when our husband comes to us and, or our wives comes to us and say, honey, can I please go to Jerusalem or Jericho? Do you understand that? Or can I please fellowship with you or go to the palace? You would, you would, you would frame all sorts of excuses. I remember one time, I was talking to my friend on the line. And then, all of a sudden, my friend said, I'll call you back, I'll call you back, I'll call you back. Ah. So I was wondering what the problem was. So the next day, I talked with my friend, and I asked my friend, Charlie, wow, what's the problem? And my friend said, my husband was coming. And from the way the conversation was through the day, I know something will happen, so I have to sleep. So the lady managed to sleep by force. And if Christ is the foundation in the home, that is not how it's supposed to be. If he is the foundation of the home, his practice, his, his principles become your practice. It's very important. You know, Bible never promises that, that, us that we will have a smooth sail. But what he promises us is that he will always give us a way of escape. So when he is your foundation, you will have turbulent times, you will have rough times, you will have, you know, times that are not so pleasant. But the only thing that will ensure longevity of your home, 
longevity of even some relationship. I remember that when I was going out with my husband, my husband told me that, Chale, the day that you allow me to sleep with you, that is the end. I'm not going to marry you. Because I have a covenant with God and I want to keep that. And the ladies, can I tell you something? If sex is going to happen in a relationship, it's so dependent on the lady. If the lady says no, no, it is. Yea and amen. It is settled. All right. So we also have to note that when he is the foundation of the home for both couples, the man and then the woman, automatically they draw closer to God. When God is the foundation for both the man and the woman, they draw closer to God. Why is this so? It is so because both of them want to honor God. You know that the marriage relationship is a covenant relationship. So both of them want to honor God. Because both of them want to honor God, they don't want to do anything that will offend God. So their relationship with God is more important to them than even you. Somebody asked me the other time, how do you feel when, when we got married? Now I'm blessed because of church. My husband is not traveling that much. So somebody asked me the other time, why is it that when your husband goes out, you are so happy, you are relaxed, and you are so settled in yourself? And I told them that my husband values God more than me. So I know that when he goes out there, he will see beautiful women more than I am, which is true. Because sometimes me, myself, I see some women and I say, ah, God, why? <laughs> but you know, when your foundation is sure, when your foundation is built on God, no matter, no matter who is confusing you, you know that because I have a covenant relationship and God is the third party in the covenant relationship and that because I honor God, I am not going to do certain rubbish. All right. So let's quickly look at why you need Christ as the foundation of the home. 1 Corinthians 3, 11 to 15. Can I have the message translation for this one? It's very interesting. It says, remember, there is only one foundation. The one already laid, Jesus Christ. There is only one foundation. He is the original foundation. Anything that you are building outside of Jesus Christ is tantamount to failure. So he is the only foundation. Can we read the next one? So that's, that's number one. Why we need Christ as the foundation. Number one, you don't have a choice. He's the only foundation. The architect in the house will tell us that when you are building a three-story building, there is a, a particular foundation that you need to lay. When you are building a self-contained, there is a particular foundation you, you have to lay. So... Visualize, how do you want your home front to be? And ask yourself, am I laying that foundation to get that beautiful edifice that I, I am envisaging? All right, so the next one is to stand the test of time. Let's, let's read the next, the next verse, please. To stand the test of time. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, Wood, hay, stable. Every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it. 
because it shall be revealed by fire. I'm looking for a place where it said eventually, or the eventually is, can be because. You know, in the process of time, in the process of time, if your foundation is not well laid, the building will collapse. In as much as I'm not happy to say, there are some people, I can't vouch for them that in five years' time, they will still be happily married. Because when you look at the foundation that they are laying, it's a shaky foundation. It's a foundation that cannot stand the test of time. The wind will blow. Can your relationship survive when children are not forthcoming or you do bypass and go and impregnate someone else? Can your relationship survive if you, the woman, are the one, is the one earning, you know, more than the man is? Because the man is supposed to be the head. And sometimes by the way God created the woman, he's, he's created a blessed person. Will you be able to submit? I asked one of the people I'm counseling because the woman is very well to do and the man is believing God. So I asked them, the, the woman, will you be able to submit? You know, and submission is bringing strength under control. I'm a powerful person. I have my own resources, but still I'm bringing myself under your control. Will you still be able to do that? And some women, can I preach? And some women, sometimes when you, you are more financially endowed than the men, you bullet them. It's true. Sometimes you bully them. What happens eh, is that when you bully them out over time, they will do like that. One day when they get money, eh, you will see their true colors. They will misbehave. All this while they were just praying and believing God. Let me get money and you will see. Now they are, you are the one feeding me. So if I misbehave, my cocoa I will not get. So I'll just keep quiet and be there. Is it powerful? Okay. And the Bible also says that we are on why you need Christ as the foundation. The first one is you don't have a choice. The second one is to stand the test of time. When you look at Luke chapter 6, verse 48. Luke 6, 48. Can we have a look at that, please? It says that he is like a man which built a house and dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. Your relationship, your marital relationship can stand the test of time no matter what the enemy one throws at you. If that foundation you have is Christ, if he is the foundation, let the enemy one throw his worst at now. A sister, a sister wanted a, a license to produce something. And um, some people came to inspect the premises and all that. And then when they came, it was very rigorous. They would ask, where is your, your fire extinguisher? Where is this? Where is that? Where is that? Where is this? Sometimes in the journey of life, things pop up. Unexpected things, they pop up. 
But when Christ is your foundation, when his principle is your practice, you will be able to withstand the test of time. I pray that that will be your reality in the mighty name of Jesus. You know, why is it that some people are enjoying their marriages and other people are not? Some people would say that because maybe they have the grace to marry. But I bet to tell you that it is not so. There is no grace to marry. It's a decision and a choice that you make. That I'm going to practice the foundation. I'm going to, I'm going to practice the principles of God. It's a choice. I and my husband, we are enjoying our marriage by the grace of God because we have made a decision that we are going to honor God in our marital home. It's a decision, purely. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 10, verse 34, it says that God is no respecter of persons. We'll not read it later. It says God is no respecter of persons. So the principles that works for couple A is the same principle that will work for couple B. There's no two ways about that. If it's working for somebody, don't just admire them. Somebody saw me the other time and said that, I want my wife to be like you. And I said that, brother, it's an investment. You, as you see me so, no, I'm someone's investment. So are you investing in your wife that you are saying you want to see your wife like me? Because I can tell you that when I came, I came as raw material, you know. Those who know me can attest to that. And then my husband has, has been investing in me, read books, watch this. Even see now, the makeup I'm doing is my husband. <laughs> hey, some, sometimes I can dress and say I'm going out and he'll tell me that. Mami, I'm you for Meaning maybe my dressing is not, it's not so nice. <laughs> so when you see someone's home and you admire it, know that it's an investment. So don't just admire. Look for the things that they do. And do the same thing. And it will work for you. You know, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, it says that God took dust and formed man, and breathed into man the, the lives away. So when you, you practice the principles of God, what happens is that every deadness around you receives life. And you don't need to be special. God took dust. Dust is useless commodity. So I'm here to tell you that no matter how bad your relationship is, no matter how bad your marriage is gone, if you are ready to practice the principles of God, I'm here to give you good news that there is hope. There is hope. If you just avail yourself. And you know, it becomes, it becomes management. Or your marriage stagnates when it's only one party that is practicing that principle. So husband, that's why the Bible says that we should not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. But sometimes even believers in the house, we know it. But we just refuse to do it. I challenge your faith this evening that if, home, if you go to the house, do assessment. Am I happy with the atmosphere in my home? 
Is that how I want it to be? And if you are not happy about it, get the needed principle and then apply it. And then it will work for you. Is it powerful? Okay, so you should know that a happy home does not just happen. You need to work it out. A happy home does not just happen. You work it out. Just as you work out your, your um, salvation, you need also to work out your home. Some people dream of success while other people wake up and work hard at it. Some people just sit down. I had a friend. Eh? The friend was a little on the plus side. And the friend wanted to shed some weight. But any time I go and visit the friend, you see the friend chewing KFC with uh, chips. And then when my friend, the friend sees me, that time I'd given birth, so I was, you know, doing exercise just so that I'll come to some appreciable level. When the friend sees me, the friend will say, next time when you're going to the gym, I'll go with you. (laughs) We are doing this thing together. You cannot lie down and wish for your home to work. You can't wish it. And to a large extent, you can't even pray it. There are some people, they just pray. My house is working. Party. No. Prayer has its place. But God will not do for you. By a miracle, what you need to do for yourself by hard work. So you should know that prayer is complementary. It's just complementing your efforts. It's just complement. Prayer is not the main thing. So when you have a challenge in your home, you say, you let's pray about it. Yes, prayer is the key. Prayer is very powerful. I believe in prayer. But aside the prayer, what practical step are you taking to ensure that that narrative changes in your home? And I always say that you have to be very deliberate and intentional when it comes to building something, your home, in this this case. Be very deliberate that I want to be a good wife, that I want to be a good husband, that I want to be a good child. Be very deliberate and intentional. Plan it, read, and all that. Is it powerful? Okay. The Bible says that God did not promise us a stress-free life, but he promised us a way of escape. First Corinthians. Corinthians 10, 13. Can we read that? 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There had no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. He will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape, that ye may be able to bear it. God says that temptation will come. As a righteous person, your life is not insulated against temptation. Your home is not insulated against temptation. But when they come, you have to get up and find that way of escape. When a fire, God forbid, happens in a place, when you sit down, the fire will burn you. You can sit down and be praying. The fire will burn you well, well. 
So although we have exit points, which God shows us, this is the exit point, this is the way to go. You have to make that effort. That's why our senior pastor preached on stretch. And stretch to see that result that you want. The way of escape is always created. There's always that way of escape. But if you are willing to stretch, you will see that escape in the name of Jesus. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 14 verse 4. We are not reading it. Say, okay, let's read it please. Where no oxen are, the crib is clean. But much increase is by the strength of the ox. Can I say something? You know, the ox is expensive. The ox is um, time-consuming, consumes your time to take care of the ox. The ox eats a lot. Some people, the reason why their relationship is working is not because it's really working on is because they are not addressing issues. So, so far as we are not addressing issues, we are fine. We are all doing praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But the moment we say that, Charlie, let's address this issue. You see attitudes. You see things popping up. But you need to address the issues if you want to see fruitfulness. That is why your relationship is stagnant it's in class one. You have been married for 20 years and your relationship is still class one. Because you are not addressing issues. When test comes or when you write a test, it's a sign that promotion is ahead. So when the relationship is, is encountering tests, it's encountering difficult time, what it means is that if we, are, if we are willing and we are ready to apply the principles of God to go through this test, our relationship will be promoted to the next phase. You understand? So I want you to work. Work at making your relationship very important. Work at it. Work at it. Work at it. And how do you work at it? You work at it by acquiring knowledge. Acquire knowledge. There are some people, they say they want to get married. But when I talk to them, I say, why do you say you want to get married? Because you have no clue what marriage is. You are just going to stress somebody's daughter or son. You can't say you work in a company whereby you have no idea what the company produces. So if you say you want to get married, know what marriage is, at least. We have the theoretical aspect of knowledge and we have the experiential aspect of knowledge. Know what marriage is. You, you don't have any idea. So when your wife is talking, you say, ah, my wife talks too much. Why? But science has proven that women talk too much, so it's natural. The woman is just flowing. <laughs> but because you haven't spent time to build knowledge, you are there and the marriage is frustrating you. Which should not be if you are just taking time to build the knowledge that is needed. And you see that we have the general knowledge and then we have the specific knowledge. So you can um, um, core math, social studies, English. Those are the core, right? When you do that one there, you can, you know. So some people, they know about, I'm a woman, so... Pardon me if I'm doing woman, woman, woman. 
they know about women or they know about men. But when it comes to their wife, they don't know about their wife. So they will just do the basic things they need to do for a wife. But when it comes to the, the particular specimen of your wife, what makes your wife or your husband take or sick? You don't even know. Because you haven't taken the pain to, to, to learn of your wife or your husband. Bible says that we should learn of his ways because his ways are, 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 are good. So learn of your wife. If you learn of your wife, you know the language of your wife. Whether your wife wants service, whether your wife wants sex, whether your wife wants touch, whether your wife wants gifts or your husband wants gifts. Some people you are working, do you know that you can be working and working, useless working? If you are working and that is not your, your terms of reference, when you go to a, a workplace, they give you terms, you are supposed to do this. Prepare memos, do this, do this. And you said when you came, the compound was dirty. So you know. You are sweeping the compound. You see you are working on, but it's useless working. So some people, to the best of their knowledge, they are working. They think they are working. Ah, I'm loving my wife. But according to the specimen of your wife or your husband, non fa. Because we all have different needs. We all have different... Some people, if it's their birthday, you give them money. Because they have, they have all the money. Me, my husband knows what I like. So know, know the language of your, your, your wife or your husband. What makes, what, what makes your, your husband happy? What makes your husband and your wife excited? I asked someone that, and he didn't even know. So, my Those are the general knowledge, oh, the general things, the core subject. But when it comes to the specific, do you know? Ask your neighbor, do you know? It's a major question. Okay, so quickly, in the next five minutes, let me look at the things that we need to work at. Work at growing together as a couple. Work at it. You know, naturally, when we get married, we grow, to, we grow physically. But grow together emotionally. Grow together mentally. So I told my husband that next year I'm going to school because the generational gap is becoming wider and wider. <laughs> Other than that, when you, the two of you sit down to talk, you, you see that you can't, you can't say anything constructive. You just be saying, wow. This world is turning into something else. Really? Oh, wow. You can't say anything because you don't know anything. Before, before, I didn't like watching news, but I noticed that my husband likes watching uh, news. So me, I sit there. So when he's saying, you know, climate change, I say, yes. You see, do you see that fire too? Oh, the fire. 
Because what happens is that when you don't grow together in that realm, there will be a gap. And you see that your husband or your wife will be, will be, will, will be more inclined to talking more with outsiders who gel with him or her. So make it a purpose that you are going to grow together in every aspect. When you see that, when I see that my husband is reading a book, I try and read some, even though the pace is too, you know, high. I try and catch up at least to some level. And that's, even if it's chapter one, at least. <laughs> when he's saying something, I can also say something. You understand? So grow together. What happens is that, especially when they are children, we focus on the children so much. And then you notice that the couples have grown so widely apart. There is no connection. There is no nothing. And another thing that we need to grow is that grow in love slash romance. Grow. You know, some some people, it's like they, they have lost their vibe. I remember that I remember that when I was going out with, with my husband, one day I sent my husband some love message B. And then one of the pastors called and said, Hey, Jacoba, what did you send your sweetheart? That like it's like he said they were talking, and all of a sudden my husband was understand <laughs> so there are some people the moment they get married they lose that vibe they lose it you know they don't send love messages you know you when was the last time you wrote a love letter to your husband no when was the last time you did that you you don't do it it's it's like the the, the, the home front has become so technical when was the last time you even bought a very powerful 90? You see, when we are going out, uh, the level of uh, love that we, we share, it has a limit. You know, you can't do all the kissy-kissy, touchy-touchy. But in the marriage, you can do all that. And I think that the romance should even be more in the marriage than even in the courtship period. Because in the marriage, you can go all out. And then spice your home. Spice, spice the things you do. One, some, I pray that I get the opportunity. I'll, t- I'll teach on sex. Some of you, you've crucified Jesus for 10 years. And you are still crucifying Jesus. You understand? You have to be creative. Keep the love fire ablaze. It's... It's very, and you have to be intentional about it. <laughs> you have to be intentional about when you are not intentional about it, you will lose yourself in the marriage. Be inter- every day you get up, you say that I'm going to woo my husband all over again. So if you are blessed, you are home alone with your husband. Sometimes wear hard things. Then you are, you are cleaning. Just to spice things up. 
Never stop in, you know, in your love gimmicks when you, are, when you marry. Never stop it. Strive to grow together in love. And the next one is that strive to grow together in communication. In this era that we find ourselves, if you don't take care, we'll never talk. Because this one goes to work, that one goes to work. We come, we are all tired. Hello, hi. We bath and then we sleep. Strive to communicate. Strive to have time. Communicate about yourself, how your day was, how your week was. If it is 15 minutes, communicate. Because you can't say you have a best friend when you, you are not talking to that person. I remember I have this friend. And for a long time, I was not talking to the friend. I realized that naturally our relationship was falling apart. If you don't talk, if you don't communicate, your relationship will fall apart. The summary of the whole thing is that Christ should be the foundation of the home. His principles become our practice. And we have to work at making our home an enjoyable place, a place that we, we don't just tolerate each other, but we enjoy ourselves. God bless you. You have been listening to the testimony word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Locate us at Madina Estate, Accra, off the social welfare road between the Gulf Lane Station and Wawan Washing Bay. Follow us on Facebook at the Keepers House Chapel International. Podcast and audio rima at Reverend Francis Auburn. Visit our website at www.keepershousechapel.org. One word. For further information, call 0244-177-831 or 0204-916-168 or 0277-532-360. Experiencing Jesus, Bethany Ministries.